Good morning and a very warm welcome to our phone service and podcast for today, Sunday the 28th of May. And the recording comes live from Drung last week where we returned to Luke's Gospel and discovered uh, from a Roman centurion how to have a faith that is pleasing to Jesus. So I'll hand you over to that service now. Well, good morning and a very warm welcome to Drung Church for our service of morning prayers and all-age service today. So welcome, uh, whether you're under five or over five or... Uh, there's nothing in between. So welcome, whatever age you're at. Uh, it's great to have you with us. Thank you to Rebecca for playing before the service today. It was great to have you playing. And uh, we'll be uh, looking at Luke's Gospel today. We're returning to Luke chapter 7, when we're going to hear about a Roman centurion, uh, an army officer. And we're going to hear about what he learnt uh, about Jesus and what he teaches us about faith. Uh, the fourth verse of this first hymn tells us, here may we prove the power of prayer to strengthen faith and sweeten care, to teach our faint desires to rise and bring all heaven before our eyes. So let's pray as we begin that God would do that for us. Let's pray and then we're going to join in this opening hymn. Lord God, please be with us this morning as we meet together. Please open our eyes to see wonderful things in your word. Please increase our faith today in our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, let's sing Jesus wherever thy people meet.
got my microphone, sorry. The first Bible reading is Luke chapter 7. You can see it inside the service sheet and in the church Bibles on page 863. And children, I'd like you to listen out for how many times you hear the word servant in this reading. How many times do you hear the word servant? Luke 7 verse 1 to 10. After, he, after Jesus had, said, had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore I did not presume to come to you, but say the word, and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man set under authority, with soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turning to the crowd that followed him, said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. How many did you get? How many? Yep. Five? 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 Anyone any different? I think you're right. I think there were five times we heard about this servant and the amazing thing Jesus did uh, to bring that servant back from the point of death to life. One of the things that the centurion said was, I'm not worthy. And that's how we begin our morning prayer services, by recognising we're not worthy. We have sinned. We've gone against God in what we've thought and said and done. And so on page one of the service card, or page 102 in the prayer books, we're going to join together in the words of the confession. Together we pray. Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, by what we've done and by what we've failed to do, we are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Wonderfully, Jesus was willing to help uh, this man and his servant and he's willing to forgive us because he died for us. And so I can pray with confidence. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and keep us in eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, if you'd like to stand and join in the responses at the bottom of page two of the service card, uh, we're, we're going to join in these words together. O Lord, open our lips. O God, make speed to save us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. 
Praise the Lord. We're going to praise the Lord's name in our all-age song, Jesus Strong and Kind. And it's one that reminds us if we're in need, we can come to Jesus. Uh, he is good and faithful. So Dorothy is going to help us to sing this, and we're going to remain standing to sing. seated. I was just thinking it would be nice if that song went on a bit longer and uh, there we are. So it did. It was great. We're going to turn to Jesus now in prayer and we're going to begin by praying as he taught us that we can pray to God as our Father. Uh, we're going to turn to God as our Father in heaven. The Lord's Prayer on page four of the service card. Together we pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We continue in prayer. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Lord's Day, a day that was honoured and hallowed by you at the beginning. It was made doubly sacred by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. We thank you for all that this day means to us in our personal lives and for the blessings it's brought to our homes. We thank you for its quiet rest, that we can cease from our weekday toil and spend the day with you. May you make this a day of real blessing to us. May heaven's windows be opened and may holy blessings be sent down upon us. Bless our home lives today. Fill our hearts with your own love and then we shall love each other as we ought. Bless our conversation. May it be profitable to us, ministering grace to others. May our conversation be worthy of today. Help us to shut out of our lives whatever is unworldly, un unworthy of you and worldly. Bless our time gathered together. Open our eyes that we may see wonderful things in your word. Help us also to be blessings to others. Fill us with your spirit that every life which touches ours may receive blessing and good from us. We ask these Sunday blessings at your hand, humbly, believingly and joyously. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Sovereign Lord, we pray for parts of the world that are far from experiencing rest at the moment. We pray today for India, with over 45,000 displaced by the violence in the state of Manipur. For those in Ukraine facing the ongoing pain, destruction and uncertainty. And for those in Sudan living with the ongoing conflict. Please would you comfort all who've lost loved ones through the violence. Please provide food and shelter for all. Please bring an end to these conflicts and bring peace. We pray that many would find you to be their refuge and strength. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, you know what it's like to live in this broken and painful world. You are acquainted with grief and sorrow. You face more than any of us will ever face. And so we thank you that you understand whatever challenges we're facing. Thank you that you're able to sympathise with us and groan with us in our weaknesses. Thank you that your death on the cross shows us your love. Please help us to trust you among the pain. We pray especially for those who we know in any pain or distress at the moment. We pray for Leon Briardy, for Olive Simmons, for Lucy, for David Riley, for Maria Turnin, for Marianne Gray, for William. We also remember Jim Graham and those grieving at the moment. We pray for the family and friends of Sally Robbins, the family and friends of Evelyn Stafford, of Veronica Denning, of Colm Tully, and of Mary Bianchi. And in a moment of quiet, any others who we know are grieving at this time. We pray you'd comfort the grieving and give them your peace that the world cannot give. We ask that it may please you to relieve those who are unwell from their pain, to give them patience in their suffering as you patiently endured suffering, and to give them a sense of your presence and to restore them to good health. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And they collect the special prayer for this Sunday. O God, the King of glory, you have exalted your only Son, Jesus Christ, with great triumph to your kingdom in heaven. 
Mercifully give us faith to know that as he promised, he abides with us on earth to the end of time, who is alive and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We close our prayers by joining together in the third collect for morning prayer. It's on the service card on page five or in the prayer books on page 114. It begins, go before us. Together we pray. Go before us, Lord, in all our doings, with your most gracious favour, and further us with your continual help, that in all our works, begun, continued, and ended in you, we may glorify your holy name, and finally, by your mercy, attain everlasting life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, if you'd like to look up there, and uh, if you could grab a prayer book, if there's one nearby you, uh, there should be one at the end of most of the pews, um, and we're going to have our second reading from the prayer book, page 104, Psalm 100. We're going to say these words together. Um, and what we'll do is, if you, once you've found it on page 104, is I'll read up to the uh, red square, and then you could read the next bit, and then I'll read up to the red square, and so on. If it's indented a little bit, if it goes in a little bit, that means you, you get two lines to say, and the same for me. And we'll join in the, the bit at the end. I'll, I'll read again up to the... The red dot, um, glory to the Father and to the Son, and then you join in the next bit. So let's stand, if you're able, and on page 104, we're going to join in this Psalm 100 together. O shout to the Lord in triumph all the earth. Know that the Lord, he is God. Come into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless For the Lord is good, his loving mercy is forever. Glory to the Father and to the Son, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be Well, do remain standing, and we're going to affirm our faith together on uh, page three of the service card. We're going to use the all-age affirmation of faith. So children, if you're too young to read, if you can just respond with the words, I believe and trust in him, if that's true for you. So, uh, do you believe and trust in God the Father, the source of all being and life, the one for whom we exist? I believe and trust in him. Do you believe and trust in God the Son, who took our human nature, died for us and rose again? I believe and trust in him. Do you believe and trust in God the Holy Spirit who gives life to the people of God and makes Christ known in the world? I believe and trust in him. This is the faith of the church. This is our faith. We believe and trust in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We're going to sing now. Uh, God has spoken through the prophets. Uh, we're going to sing of this word that the centurion came to trust in God's, God's unchanging word, number 381. Let's stand and sing together.
God the first and God the last. Please do be seated. And I've passed, or Dorothy's been passing around some all-age sheets for the children. Uh, we forgot the pencils, so uh, we've scrambled together a couple of pens. And pe- maybe you haven't got your pen license yet, but uh, you, you have permission this morning uh, to try a pen um, and uh, to write on the, the sheet. I'll tell you when to fill in the different bits. If you've got a pen yourself, that's even better. Um, but hopefully everyone, every child has a, a sermon sheet and a pen, and I'll tell you when to, to start filling that in. But let's pray for God's help as we look at his word together. Lord God, our Father, thank you for your word. Please uh, speak to us today. Please open our eyes this morning to see wonderful things in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, how would you explain what it means to have faith in the Lord Jesus? 200 years ago, there was a wealthy man called Mr. Congleton. Do you know any Congletons? Are there any Congletons of Drung or Ballyhays or Red Hills? Uh, I don't know any Congletons, but uh, this man was called Mr. Congleton, and he had a desire to help the poor people living around him. He wanted to help them in a number of ways, and he was very kind to them, but he wanted to help them to have faith in the Lord Jesus. And he was struggling to get people to believe Jesus' promises in the Bible. And so, one day he came up with a plan. His plan was this that he would tell people on a particular day he'd be in his office from 9am until 12pm, midday. So all morning. And if anyone had any debts, they could come to him and bring their bill to him and he would pay them. He was a very wealthy man. So he displayed this on a poster, like the ones we've got out there on this, about the circus. I don't think they're promising to pay off debt. I haven't read them carefully. But uh, he displayed them like those posters, saying, if you come to me on this date between 9 a.m. and midday, I will pay off all your debts. Uh, children, this is number one on the sheet. He offered to pay all their debts. Well, the poster was displayed. The people talked about it. They, they read it. They talked about it. And they didn't know what to make of it. Well, the day came. And at 9am sharp, uh, Mr. Congleton went into his office. A large crowd waited in the street, but no one came in. It wasn't Cavern. They thought, this is is a hoax. Someone said, don't believe a word of it. Uh, Children, maybe you want to draw a picture of the crowds who were gathered outside his office. But but they said, but it's got Congleton's signature on it. He, He never tricks people. He's not a deceiver. Someone else said, there's some mistake. He's not making a fool of me. I'm not going in there just to be made a fool of. And so no one went in until 11 o'clock when a poor old man who had debts that he wanted paid off before he died, he didn't want his family to be burdened with them, he decided he would accept the offer. Some friends tried to dissuade him. They said, don't go in. But he pointed to the notice and he said, look, it's got Congleton's signature on it. I know he's trustworthy. I know he won't deceive me. And so he went in and he said, please, sir, will you pay my debt? Why? asked Mr. Congleton. Well, the man said, I can't say, but I saw the promise. I saw the promise and I had faith in your word. And so I came. I trust you. And so Mr. Congleton got out his checkbook 
and he wrote a cheque for the full amount of this man's debt. Thank you, the man said. Thank you a thousand times. I'll go and tell my friends, he said. No, Mr. Congleton said. They've got the same promise you had. They can read the same words that you've read. If they believe, they will come in. But if they don't trust me and my word, they'll get nothing. And so they waited for another hour, but no one came in. And when the clock struck 12, they went out. The poor man, grasping his cheque, delighted, smiling from ear to ear that his, his debt had been paid. And as he went out, the crowd saw and they realised it was true. And so they rushed to the man, to Mr. Congleton, with their bills. Please, will you pay mine? Will you pay mine? Will you pay mine? And he asked for hush among the crowds and said to them, friends, if you had believed my promise and brought your debts at the time I said, all of them would have been paid. But now it is too late. Well, I wonder how they felt at that moment. Disappointed. Uh, regret, no doubt, that they hadn't believed. But maybe some went on to learn the lesson he was trying to teach them. That Jesus offers to pay our debt in full. He's given us his word. He's been to the cross, he's died, and he now offers full forgiveness for all of our debt against God. But you and I must come to him in our lifetime. We must come to him before it's too late. We must trust his word. And children, that's number three on the sheet. Mr. Congleton wanted the crowds to learn. They can trust Jesus' word, and they must come to Jesus before it's too late. Well, someone who was not likely to believe was the Roman centurion that we met in our reading today. And children, you can draw a picture in number four of that Roman centurion. He was a powerful man. A man, a centurion, probably over a hundred soldiers. He was a wealthy man. And no doubt he was tempted to trust in his own power and wealth. He was not one of God's people. He was not a Jewish person. He was a Roman and he was working for the occupying forces. So for him to come to Jesus, it would have been a bit like a Russian soldier in Ukraine going to a Ukrainian doctor. Do you, do you think they'd do that? I mean, here is this man, an occupying soldier in Israel. Will he go to Jesus and ask for help? We wouldn't think so, but in Jesus' upside-down kingdom, a kingdom where the, the higher brought low and the lower lifted up, this man, this Roman centurion, becomes a model of faith for us. Do you see what Jesus says about this man in verse 9? Uh, we're told when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turning to the crowd that followed him said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. Jesus is amazed at this man's faith. What can we learn from this soldier about faith? about faith, this thing that sometimes confuses us. Well, two things to learn this morning. Two things he said. He said, first of all, I'm not worthy. And he said, secondly, say the word. And children, we're on to number five there. If you are still drawing your Roman centurion, you can come back to him. But number five, Jesus said, I'm not worthy. Or the, the man said, sorry, the Roman centurion said, I'm not worthy. And say the word. Well, this man was a, a powerful soldier. And if anyone was worthy, surely it was him. Yet he said, I'm not worthy. He was a wealthy man. He was also a caring man. 
He cared for his servant who'd got sick. Many a, many a centurion, no doubt, would have said, well, sure, I can just replace him. I'll get another servant. But not this man. He cared for his servant. His servant was sick at the point of death, and he wanted him to be made well. Our children were on to number six on the sheet. The centurion sent for help for Jesus because his servant was sick. We might say that the sickness of his servant led him to Jesus. And what a blessing sickness can be. None of us like sickness, do we? We tend to say uh, things like, your health is your wealth, and and we, we like health. But what a blessing sickness can be. If our sickness leads us to Jesus, we will be eternally thankful for it. If our sickness leads us to depend on Jesus more, we will be eternally thankful for it. And uh, children, that's number seven on the sheet. Uh, We'll be thankful. If our sickness leads us to Jesus, we'll be thankful forever. You see, until now, maybe this Roman centurion relied on himself. And sometimes the Lord allows things into our lives to show us our desperate need of him. It might be sickness. It might be debt, it might be troubles in a relationship, it might be a bereavement that the Lord uses to bring us to depend on him, to see his love for us. This man, we might say, is worthy, he's, he's generous, uh, he's not religious, but he's paid for the synagogue to be built, in verse 5. And so these Jews are willing to go and ask Jesus on his behalf. Maybe he feels, I'm not worthy to go to Jesus, I'm from the wrong religious background, he might not be interested in someone like me, he thinks. And so he sends others to go to Jesus. And they say, they say, verse 4, they say, he is worthy, he is worthy for you to do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he's the one who built us our synagogue. Maybe we might say the same about, I've certainly heard it said about people, if, if anyone deserves to go to heaven, it's him, he was such a good person, he did so much for the church, he did so much good. Or or we might say the flip side. Sometimes people say, she doesn't deserve to suffer like that. She's a good person. But look what the good Roman centurion says about himself. He says, verse 6, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Everyone else thought he was worthy, but he says, I'm not worthy. You see, it depends who you compare yourself to. Compared to other people, he was a, a pretty good man. He was generous. He was powerful, he was wealthy, he cared for his servant. But compared to Jesus, it depends who you compare yourself to, doesn't it? I, I, I might say I'm good at milking cows. I thought that would get your attention. And compared to my dog, I am. You know, uh, uh, my paws are better than my dog's paws, and I reckon I'd do a better job of milking a cow than my dog, just about. But compared to, to John, or, or probably any of you, I, I wouldn't have a clue. I mean, I just, I just really wouldn't. It'd be very good to get a little squirt out. But you see, it compa- depends who we compare ourselves to, doesn't it? Compared to other people, this Roman centurion, he was a good man. He was a worthy man. But compared to Jesus Christ, the perfect, holy God, he says, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And wonderfully, Jesus knows that. And when we admit that we're not worthy, it doesn't drive Jesus away. He doesn't say, ugh. But rather he's drawn to us as we admit our need of him. 
When you think you're worthy, he stays away. But when you say, I'm not worthy, he draws near to you. Well, how is it that we relate to Jesus? It, it can be easy for us to presume that we are worthy, that we're good Church of Ireland people. And that's where the prayer book is so helpful for us, isn't it? As we say at our communion service, we are not worthy to gather the crumbs from under your table. But you are the same Lord who is merciful. We're not worthy in ourselves. The prayer book tells us that. The Bible tells us that. I'm not worthy. It's why we begin our service of morning prayer with confession. We're saying, Lord, we've sinned. We're not worthy. Have mercy. That is the, the start of a faith that Jesus praises to say, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. That's the first step. Children, I've probably missed a couple of things there. Uh, I think we're on to number nine. The first step is to trust... Uh, sorry, no, no, we've just done number eight. Number eight. So we, we've looked at the fact we need to say, first of all, I'm not worthy. And the soldier doesn't stop there. The next step he takes, and that's number nine, is to trust Jesus' word. Do you see that the next thing the, the, the servant says? He says, say the word. Say the word. It's there in verse 7. Say the word. Do you remember Congleton, Mr. Congleton? He'd, he'd said the word. He'd made a promise that if anyone came to him, he'd pay their debts. People just needed to take him at his word. And this soldier trusts that Jesus' word is powerful. How does the soldier know this? Well, he makes another comparison. He's already made a comparison between himself and Jesus, and he said, I'm not worthy. And now he makes another comparison and he says, how much more authority does Jesus have than me? Do you see this man? He says, look, I'm a, I'm a centurion. I'm a powerful man. I say jump and you say how high. I say you go there and you go there. I say come and he comes. I'm, I'm a man under authority, he says. It's a strange expression, isn't it? He says, I'm a man under authority. We, we tend to say he's a man in authority. But what he's recognizing is he's under Caesar. And he speaks with Caesar's authority as a Roman centurion. And so he looks to Jesus and he sees Jesus is the one who's done great miracles, who's taught in an incredible way, who's driven out demons. And he says, you're a man under authority. You're acting with God's authority. You just need to say the word and my servant will be healed. He trusts in Jesus' word. He sees how powerful Jesus' word is. Well, he believes that Jesus' word is powerful. Is he foolish to do that? Not at all. Verse 10, when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. Do you see the power of Jesus? Without even touching the man, without even seeing the man, no hocus pocus, no magical tricks, he heals him from a distance, restores this man who was at death's door. What an amazing power of Jesus. How good it must have been to have Jesus physically present. There'd have been no struggle with GP waiting times, would there? No, no trouble with numbers on trolleys in the hospital. How good it must have been to have Jesus present with them. Well, should we expect the same today? Sometimes people say, if you have enough faith... Uh, you will be healed. Jesus will heal you if you have enough faith. He certainly heals, doesn't he? I mean, how many of you have had cuts 
that, that have stopped bleeding. I don't see anyone bleeding here this morning, but I imagine we've all had cuts. Isn't it amazing how Jesus designed the body so that, Dorothy will tell you the science, but I understand it, it, it gets sticky and it clots, doesn't it? It stops bleeding. It's amazing how Jesus designed our bodies. How many of you have had colds and, and you're better? It's great, isn't it? How many of you have broken bones and they're mended? How wonderful it is, the way that Jesus designed our bodies so that they mend. And more than that, he gives us his common grace with doctors and nurses, with medicine. He's so good to us. But, but what about the, the miracles? Well, I wonder if those particular miracles that Jesus did were a sign of how good it is to be in Jesus' kingdom. It's a bit like when you see the snowdrops, you know that spring is on the way. When you see these miracles that Jesus did, they are a sign of his kingdom, how good it will be when the king is present with his people once more. It's not to say that Jesus can't heal miraculously today, but it is to say that most of the blessings in the Christian life are to come in the new heavens and the new earth. How good it will be to have the king present with us as we've seen in the book of Revelation. We've just finished it. Revelation 21 and 22, we saw that the one day when the king is present with his people again, there'll be no more suffering or pain or death, for the old order of things will have passed away. We saw that river of the water of life flowing from the throne, from God himself. We saw the tree of life that has the leaves for the healing of the nations. You see, one day when we're present with the king, it will be wonderful. There'll be no more sickness or sadness. But until that time, we will suffer. E even this servant went on to die. You see, these are just a foretaste of how good it will be when Jesus is present with us once more. Well, who will enjoy that kingdom? Who will enjoy being with Jesus forever? It's those who come to Jesus now in this lifetime with a faith like this Roman centurion. Those who come to Jesus and say, I'm not worthy, but say the word, I trust your word. Sometimes maybe people say, I wish I had your faith. Have you ever had someone say that to you? I wish I had your faith. But faith is not something you have to drum up inside of yourself. You don't need to sort of look inside yourself. In fact, we've all exercised, almost all of us, I think, have exercised faith this morning as we've walked in the door and you've sat down on the pew. As you've sat down on the pew, you're sitting on there. You see, you, you didn't sort of uh, look inside yourself before you sat down and said, I've just got to believe that that pew will hold me up. No, you simply looked at the pew and maybe you thought subconsciously, well, it's, it's held me up before, it's held other people up before. I think it'll do the job this morning. And so it is with faith. You don't need to look inside yourself and say, I've just got to believe. Come on, you've just got to find that faith inside yourself. No, you look to Jesus in his word at what he's done for you and you discover him to be totally trustworthy and your faith grows. You see, that's how faith grows, by looking to Jesus, reading his word, seeing what he's done and your faith grows not by looking inside yourself but by looking to Jesus. Well, a bit like that poster that Congleton wrote. You can take Jesus at his word. Jesus promises something far greater. All of our debt 
against God paid off forever so that we can enjoy the reality that these miracles pointed to. The reality of being with King Jesus forever. If we come to him in this lifetime, recognising we're unworthy and trusting him in his promise. Let's pray as we close this morning. Lord Jesus, thank you for this miracle that you did for this man. Thank you for your power. And we thank you that this is a glimpse of your kingdom, how good it will be to have you as our king forever, to be physically present with you once more, or for the first time. We do pray that we would be those who would say, come Lord Jesus, who'd be longing for your kingdom. Help us to trust you that while we wait and we struggle with different issues, help us to know that you're good and one day we'll wipe away every tear. In Jesus' name, amen. If uh, you want to think more about living with Jesus as King, uh, do come along to a Christianity Explored. Let me know if you'd like to join our next Christianity Explored course. Um, we'd love to have you at that. We're going to sing of uh, this hope in Christ that this centurion came to discover, uh, that all of his debts paid, as the second verse tells us, that every sin was laid on Jesus so that we can live. Let's uh, stand to sing. Uh, there's no obligation to give as the plate comes round, but if you'd like to give to support the work, please feel free to do that. In Christ alone, let's stand and sing.
Well, let's close with the words of the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.